0: Putman Restoration specializes in commercial disaster services, including water damage, fire, smoke, mold, and storm. Their goal and desire is to get your properties up and running as soon as possible after disaster strikes. Hospitals, schools, hotels, and large municipal buildings, malls, churches, and large commercial properties are their specialty. Managed properties nationwide? No problem. Putman Restoration services their clients nationwide. They are strategically partnered with elite restoration companies throughout the U.S. and Canada, giving their clients resources during disasters where normal companies would be tapped out. Trust the professionals at Putman Restoration when disaster strikes. Visit them online at www.putmanrestoration.com or give them a call at 318-453-5029. All right, welcome back to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis, and we have a special guest today, Kimberly Clark. Um, Hey,
1: hey. Glad
0: to have you on, Kimberly.
1: Thank you. Glad to be
0: here. Absolutely. Um, I had seen that you, you know, we go to the same jujitsu gym and, you know, have a couple of different friends. And so I'd seen that you had put out a book about addiction and mental health and recovery. And so I was just like, oh, man, that'd be a great person to, one, hopefully get that good information out to people on our platform right and then vice versa kind of share and that's you know that's one of the things we want to do with the podcast and with our practice is just get involved in people in the community who have stories to tell and yeah. who have things that they can say, say that the lord's doing that's and awesome. um you know so it's right. a mutually beneficial uh conversation yeah so tell me a little bit about um you introduce yourself to our listeners and uh Tell us the name of your book and just you know general information and then we'll kind of get into the questions
1: okay well my name is kimberly clark i am a navy veteran uh, published author inspirational speaker uh the title of my book is stuck between pleasure and pleasing god it's a memoir uh about my life um uh getting in the navy get a medical discharge being diagnosed with uh ptsd going through addiction alcoholism uh emotional abuse physical abuse narcissistic abuse and how i overcame it how i healed from it um what it took to overcome it and heal from it and my journey on learning to love myself Mm. right and trying to advocate for other people who's going through some of the same things yeah
0: so that's good stuff that's very vulnerable yeah yeah, yeah. So when did, where are you from originally?
1: I'm from Castor, Louisiana. Castor. Man, nobody's ever <laughs> heard of
0: Castor. I'm from DeVille, Louisiana, which Deville. nobody's ever heard of either.
1: Right? We got like, we got a population of about, I don't know, about 600 people. Okay. I might be under-exaggerating, but, yeah. One, one stop sign? <laughs> one stop sign, yeah. One one little flashing light. It's not even a real light. Oh, man, that's yeah. fancy.
0: a flash, <laughs> yeah, flashes a blinking. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, spoil the book too much, but obviously we talked about, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of telling yeah. your story. So right. as much as you want to give on that, kind of walk us through um of what led you to writing and all that stuff
1: right right okay well actually um god gave me the vision for my book as a teenager Mm. right so i knew that i was going to write my story so at the time that he gave me the vision i had already been through uh like low self-esteem uh bullying um i wouldn't call it molestation but maybe sexual assault as a child Mm -hmm. so you know kind of uh being touched by family members and stuff like that. So I'd already been through that, but I didn't know the extent of the content that, mm-hmm. you know, that the book would have. But, um, but yeah, so, so I you just uh,
0: felt this passion to tell a story and share your story. And
1: right. Yeah. I've always had a passion for people like, you know, to want to know more about people or to help them wherever they're at. I've always had a passion for that. I always love talking to people. I, I wanted originally to, to, um, uh, after high school go to ulm university of louisiana monroe to be a, become a psychologist minor in social work and of course i talked to that line recruiter and <laughs> the recruiter told me that i could you know travel the world go to college at the same time so i'm like hey cool and so my mom signed for me and i was off to the races went to basic training in chicago what year was that uh 2007 okay 2007 right and so i looked out like the last day of basic training finally got my orders and I was going to Guam. Man, a small-town country girl like me going to Guam, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I got to Guam. Guam was was beautiful. It was the uh, first time I seen my ship, the USS Frank Cable, which is a submarine tender. It was, like, majestic, almost majestic to me, right? And I loved my job. I loved everything about it. And, and, uh, and what did you do? Was I was an operation specialist.
0: Okay. So operation what's that specialist.
1: mean? I basically, like, I... Uh, I worked for like radar and mm-hmm. stuff like
0: that. On the sub? Yeah. No, no, no. On okay. the on the ship. Okay. On the
1: ship. I worked on the bridge. Okay. Yeah, I worked on the bridge. I actually drove the ship. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of people don't believe that. I really did. Yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> the ham, Lee Ham stuff. We we learned all that. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, what what got me out of the navy, I I'd actually wanted to do twenty years. That was my original goal, right? But mm-hmm. I ended up um Uh, Enduring an MST, a military sexual trauma. Mm. And uh, I tried to commit suicide after that. And I remember being medevaced back to the States, back to San Diego. And like the whole time they was going to, uh, other than, uh, wait, not other than honorable, generally discharge me right after that. Right. But then I kept having to go back into, uh, I guess it was a psych ward. I don't really know what it was but it was at navy medical center balboa in san diego but i pe- kept having to go back there and they ended up doing a med board on me and i medically discharged mm-hmm. and so yeah my my navy career was was cut short uh mm, not so by sorry. choice right Right. thank you but yeah not by choice i wanted to stay in but you know, I just I just couldn't after that.
0: So did you did you report that? How was that handled?
1: Yeah, I did. I reported it. Matter of fact, I told a guy that I called my brother. Uh, we were extremely extremely good friends, and after he found out, he went and confronted the guy in front of like everybody was at the barracks, and it got back to my chain of command. My chain of command had to do something, right? So I ended up talking to NCIS every day for like three months. Literally every day, they tried to get me to go uh, talk to the guy at his workstation with the wire. They had me call him with the wire. I mean, it was just, but like, I mean, to he never a,
0: to, get con- yeah, to get a
1: confession. Yeah, to get a confession. He he never confessed. He said everything but that, right? Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I when I went back to the states to San Diego, we finished the trial or the whatever you call it uh, via a video, and he ended up getting away with it because it was alcohol involved. It happened at a party. You know, everybody was drinking. And so, and I can only remember, like, flashes of it. Right. So, yeah, he, he got away. They were sending me, um, like, notices of every command that he went through. They sent it to me for years, but then all of a sudden they just stopped. So I don't know if he, like, he got out of the military or what, but.
0: So you would know where he was? Right. Yeah. So I would know he was, yeah. So did you leave that feeling like, um, well, how did you leave that feeling?
1: Man, I I felt like unfulfilled. I felt uh after getting that verdict, I was even more lost than I already was mm. cuz after that incident, that particular incident changed my life. It changed who I was. It it um uh, man, it birthed something in me that uh that I I could not identify. I could not identify. I was just lost. And I, I felt alone, I felt disconnected from everything and everybody. Um, yeah, I just I felt lost, I was hurt, I was disappointed, I was angry, I was scared. you know I was all of those things at once.
0: yeah, yeah, and you're in the system that's supposed to protect you and right. look out for you and battle brothers and sisters, and right. yeah, that's uh, unfortunately uh, a very common thing that we hear, uh, you know, especially those of us who have been in the military, we yeah. know it's common. Yeah, you know, they, The world knows it's common, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, the same things that happen in any group or situation happen right, right. in the military, if not worse, to some degree.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I'm very sorry that happened. Yes. Sir. What? Um, tell me, kind of, what was your faith before that? Like when you were a kid, did you mm-hmm. did you kind of have spirituality, faith, Christianity? What was the thing? Oh, and yeah. Then, okay, yeah, absolutely. Were your parents Christian? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I was raised by my mom. Okay. Um, and we grew up in the church. I know this sounds kind of cliche, but we literally went to church every Sunday. My mom used to keep two jobs to take care of us at all times. I remember having two jobs, and regardless of how tired she was or what else she had to do, she made sure we was on church in church on Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And my mother's a very very strong woman. I'm so happy to have her as a mother. But um,
0: and she's still with you? Yeah,
1: she is. Awesome. She is. Yeah. And what's her name? Linda Clark.
0: Shout out to Linda Clark.
1: (laughs) Right? You you grinded it out, Miss Linda. You grinded it out. And you
0: raised an awesome, awesome (laughs) daughter. So you should pat yourself on the back.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 She definitely created that foundation to where, you know, when I did Stray Away, I knew what to do. I knew who to call on. You know, I knew... I knew how to get my breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I just call, just kept calling on the name of Jesus, and that's what I did.
0: Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. And so, what it, what when the assault happened? How did that shake up, you know, your faith? I mean, you went down obviously into the yeah. spiral.
2: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I think that's one thing you know I want our listeners to hear is you know mm-hmm. you can follow Jesus, you can love Jesus, you can you know right. do all those kind of things, and sometimes a tragedy happens that's so violent and so painful and so awful that right. you know, it shakes things up. You don't yeah. lose your faith you don't lose your identity you don't lose your faith but sometimes right. you get lost
1: yeah yeah i mean that's the, that's a good thing because things are going to happen anyway right so if we are a christian and if we have you know uh if we have faith then we have some help you know we have some strength we have that um you know that assurance that okay if the way that i'm feeling right now if i'm hurt or fearful or whatever i know that i'm if i if i if I pray to God, like, God, this is how I'm feeling. I need your help. He will help. He will send resources. He will, you know, send people to say that whatever it is you need you need to hear at that moment, he's going to send something. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the great thing about having faith and about, you know, because we, we're going to go through stuff anyway. That's just life. That's just, you know, our fleshly experience. That's yeah. our experience here on earth. But to have help, you know, that's the whole point of our faith.
0: Yeah. Right? That's good. Mm-hmm. So what tell me the transition after the assault and you kind of went downhill. Is that when all the rest yeah. started happening? OK.
1: Yeah. I, I came home to Louisiana and um, yeah, I was just I didn't know what to do with myself. So you I came back to Caster? Yeah, I came back to Caster.
0: Oh, man, that's a big yeah. shift.
1: Huh? <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know what my next step was. I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. I just I just didn't know, and I start, started hanging out with some family members, and uh, we was drinking all the time, partying all the time, and this particular night, I was hanging out with the aunt and my cousin, and we had been drinking or whatever, and then I remember going to my cousin's boyfriend's house. The house had no electricity whatsoever, right? And I was sitting in the living room, still drinking on the, the beer or the alcohol, or whatever I had left. And I remember seeing them in the kitchen, and they were doing something. I just remember seeing a lighter kept, you know, uh, going in the air. And I'm like, what is that? What are y'all doing? And they were like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, what y'all doing? And the way my aunt introduced me to it, it was like she was introducing me to a person. She was like, baby, this is crack cocaine. I said, well, I want to try it. I was looking for anything to cope. And so my mother... um, she kept us shielded, protected as a child Because I didn't really know anything about crack cocaine Except what I saw on TV You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I ain't never experienced any, you know, addiction or whatever The only thing I experienced was my dad Because he was an extremely uh, bad alcoholic mm-hmm. He actually died from alcoholism But, um, yeah And so I was like, hey, I want to try it mm-hmm. And so I tried it I tried it And I immediately fell in love immediately fell in love and that same night, that same night after I was coming down from that high, when I tell you the depression and anxiety kicked in out of nowhere, like, I was already depressed. I was already, you know, anxious, right? But I felt overwhelmed. I just wanted to die. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: just wanted to die and I went and got a knife out of the kitchen. And I walked outside. I'm like, man, I'm so scared on what I'm gonna do to myself. And so I called, I called 911. I was, I was scared. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't, I'm scared right now. I want to hurt myself, but I don't want to hurt myself. And so the next thing, like five minutes later, a police car came. Uh, I was standing in the middle of the road at this point. Police car came. He got out of the car and see me with the knife. He put his hands up. I mean, he said, like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's all right. And he kind of talked me down. And I ended up going to. Uh, to a hospital in Arcadia, Louisiana. And it's a little small hospital. My, uh, Literally everybody in my family showed up that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe a few days, a few days later, my brother came down from Ar- Little Rock, Arkansas, about a four hour drive from Ar- Arkansas to Castor. Four hour drive that night at midnight to do an intervention. And him and about maybe five or six of my other, my cousins, they got together and did an intervention. And uh, I went to rehab for the first time in Temple, Texas. Not soon after that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's a wild story. Right?
1: There's plenty more. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the things I, you know, in hearing about you and, and listening to your story a little bit and, and seeing your posts on social media, mm-hmm. it's a, it's beautiful to see where you are now. Right. And to hear that story. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that people – If you've never been through that, if you've never been through that type of trauma or experienced that type of pain, you know, people are like, why would you choose that? Why would you smoke, you know, crack? Like, you know better, right? Right, If you knew Jesus, how would you choose these things? And and the reality is, is that we're in so much pain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that we're just looking for anything to grasp.
2: Yeah. Anything
0: to grab onto. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's people out there listening to this now that are in pain right now, currently. Right. You know, that are like, man, I want to get out of this pain. And they're grabbing all kinds of stuff that they don't need to grab. Right. Right. we were talking about it the other day. I said, you know, uh in life there's a lot of uh a lot of things that feel good when you do them initially. Yeah. That feel horrible after. Right. 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 Yes. When you smoke crack, when you do drugs, when you smoke pot, when yeah. you, you know, watch porn, when you do whatever the thing is, that, you know, right, it's right. going to give you that high, that dopamine, that Just that for charge that moment. for that moment. right. And then you crash.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I can remember the first time uh, you know, I'd got back from Afghanistan and mm-hmm. I was in the same spot, just a lot of pain. Yeah. I was going to church, you know, I was kinda of figuring out I mo- I had moved back to Deville to live with my parents. Okay. Yeah. So very small town. And that's right. such a hard transition from going from like my God. the yeah. world of like being a professional military person and, mm-hmm. and being around adults and kinda of having three hots in a cot and right. knowing what you're doing. Right. And then going back to somewhere where
2: Yeah. Where everybody's nothing.
0: the same that they were when you left. Or yeah. they they've moved on or whatever. Right, right. And I remember um, I had a bunch of people over, and we were hanging out, and somebody had like hash and pot and mm-hmm. uh, ecstasy, and so yeah, I had never done a drug, you know, well, yeah, you know, I'd never touched anything. I was always like kind of the good church boy, and yeah, yeah, and uh, I did them all that night.
2: Wow. And
0: uh, <laughs> I remember a crash. I mean, I remember like trying to look at myself in the mirror in the middle of the night yeah. like before I was going to bed, like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was like falling through the mirror. And, Dizzy, you know, right? Yeah, I, was, I laid down the bed. I felt like I was just falling through the bed. Yeah. And I got done with that. And uh, so, I think I my mom woke me up at like six o'clock that morning because I lived with my parents. And yeah. she didn't know any of that was going on. Mm-hmm. and uh, And she's like, hey, your uncle's in from town. He wants to visit with you. And I'm. I think I'm still probably high. So I go over yeah. there, and I, I remember sitting in the living room, and there was like five or six family members were all just sitting in my grandparents' house talking, and yeah. and I remember thinking like. I was seeing like a squirrel in the living. Like, I don't know. I started talking about something and I looked up and everybody was just kind of looking at me like, what are you saying? I was like, you know, I'm really tired. I'm going to go back home. So I went home, but the same thing happened. I spiraled from that point point, right? and I couldn't get back out of that depression. I couldn't get back out of the anxiety that hit me for the next six months to a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that sent me to therapy and kind of started this journey for me. Right. And, um, if you've not experienced it, Mm people don't understand yeah that's true but the good things Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right none of us really want to do those up front but we never regret it right right right. i've never eaten a whole pizza and then afterwards been like oh i'm glad i did that right Right, i've never gotten drunk and and the next day been like man i'm super glad i got drunk right but when i you know sometimes i'm like i need to be in the word i need to eat well i need to exercise and i typically don't want to do it but afterwards i never regret it right right and so it's true it's funny when people are judgmental of people who get into drugs and alcohol and they who get in, you know, it's like, well, those things work. Right. Temporarily. Yeah. yeah you know, there's such an easy step into it. So yeah. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: depression hits, anxiety hits. hmm. And kind of where did you go from there?
1: Well, um, I went to. Well, you went my, to rehab, that's right. You yeah, went, I went to rehab. rehab. Went okay. Temple Tech. Yeah, did that, that work? Re- uh, it did for a while. It did for a while, dude. Like, okay, so I went to the rehab. went to uh, it was like a specifically for MST. Okay. Right. So I was in this women's group, and I think I got into it with this one of the people that was there with me over something so small, and they was starting to kick me out of the program. Like, I cannot go back home because I know that I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not ready to leave this structure yet. You know, And so I went to an NA meeting, Narcotics Anonymous meeting that same night, and I met this guy, this uh, older man, and um, he worked for the VA. And so I, I, I talked to this female who happened to be his girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend, I think ex-girlfriend. And so she was like, hey, why not you talk to him? He can maybe talk to the, the uh, administrator there to see you know, if they can find you another program at the very least. So you don't have to go because it was a domiciliary type VA where gotcha. they had uh, MST programs, homeless programs, and a whole lot of different programs. Right. And so I talked to the guy. I was crying, crying, crying. And and so he had talked to the administrator. I uh, ended up staying in a different program. And me and that same guy, same older guy, he ended up being my sponsor. Right. So I didn't know at the time that you're. You know, technically, you're not supposed to have uh, a sponsor of the opposite sex Mm. for many reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I didn't know. I was like four, three or four months sober at that point. Right. But he knew he was like 15 years.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: So he began to be my sponsor and uh, I I fell in love with him. Mm. Right. And uh, he basically, he basically used me and, uh, emotionally abused me mm. and left me exactly where I was at, you know. And at four months sober, that was something I just couldn't take. Yeah, You know, and I'm like, how can, you know, somebody who's supposed to be like this big uh, responsible guy in the Narcotics Anonymous community, you know, come to a newcomer, sleep with her, have a relationship with her, and then, because everybody in that meeting, like, turned on me. Yeah. Right? So I told them, uh, after you broke up with me, I tried to call some of the women, you know, to talk to them about it and just to see, you know, uh, what kind of input they had on it. And, like, all of them turned on me. I'm like, how? Why are you guys turning on me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know. And so, yeah. So after that, that, I I relapsed.
0: Yeah, that's such a a horrible thing to be put in in a vulnerable situation of recovery and these systems and with men and women and the differences. And that's why those boundaries are there. Right, right. But, yeah, also you know you get groomed and it's, it's yes. a slow fade and right you know a little bit of this a little bit of that and then before yeah. you know it and and when we're not recovered and we haven't dealt with our trauma and been in therapy you know mm-hmm. there's a big difference between Sobriety and recovery.
1: Yes, very big difference. Yeah.
0: And, yeah and so it sounds like at that point you're just dealing with sobriety and yeah. trying not to do the drug, but haven't right. done a whole lot of like, where am I at and where did all this happen? And I, ain't, I didn't do any of the work at that point. Right. Especially since you had sexual trauma already. Right. That makes right. you even more susceptible to yeah. you know, wanting that connection, wanting that intimacy, wanting, yeah. you know, an intimacy not being sexual, but just not even knowing what intimacy is in general. Yeah. Com-
1: like companionship. Com- yes, right? exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. And that can get twisted up. Mm-hmm. And then, as we saw the last, you know, several years of the Me Too movement, it's really easy for people to blame the female or blame the, you know, the male, the the victim. Right, right. And go, well, you, what'd you do?
1: Right. What were you wearing? Why were you there? Yeah. Right. I yeah. always
0: think about Job in the mm-hmm. Bible, where his friends come up and they're oh, like, yeah. "What's really? up, dude? What'd you do to deserve this?" Right. You know? Right. And it's like yeah. nothing. You know, like, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that's the case. Yeah. You yeah, know? it is. So I hate man. Another another thing I hate that you went through. Yeah. Although I'm sure on this side of it, and I'm not gonna speak for <laughs> you, but you know we yeah. look back on our past and go, right. I don't. I wouldn't do it again.
1: Right, but I don't regret it. Like, yeah. I, I, I thank God for the strength that came from it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I mean, after, after.
0: So I, you relapsed, went down the yeah, rabbit trail again. Oh yeah.
1: man, I went far down the rabbit trail. I think I stayed in Temple, Texas, for three years after that literally homeless on the street uh smoking dope getting drunk doing pills i mean everything i could think of i mean i was just in a state of i i i just i don't care
0: Mm -hmm. i
1: don't care about me i don't care
0: how could you when nobody showed you any care compassion with your mom right right and you know you you so you see people who are supposed to be safe men and women who are supposed to be safe turn their back on you yeah you know, military sponsorship, you know, this threat of no matter what I do, right? somebody's going to take advantage of me. Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a common denominator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was already like, you know, dealing with uh, low self-esteem. Right. And so I just, the bullying
0: and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I went through like bullying. I mean, all that growing up, you know being called ugly or you look just like your dad and and i hated that because i already felt like masculine and, and strong because i was always a tomboy i was playing basketball or track and all, all that stuff right and so i hated that I, f- I felt like man i'm like dang do i look like a man or something why do they keep saying i look like my dad and so i dealt with that with those identity issues
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh yeah i couldn't turn to the group of people that i thought loved me yeah you know because in the meeting at the beginning at the end in the middle they're always like, "We love you until you can love yourself." Yep, you know, and but it wasn't like that, cause um, you know I found out later. You know, nobody in that room was actually practicing what they recovery. Were saying. No, yeah. Everybody's sleeping with everybody. You know what I mean? It was just a whole big mess.
0: Yeah. And, you know, so much of what I've seen in in the clinical world is that is is because it's a focus on behavior modification.
2: Right. Right. So,
0: you know, if you're going to NA or AA, Mm -hmm. and this isn't for everybody, there's some great programs out there. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it can be that, man, I just, I'm not drinking anymore, so I'm good. Right. I'm not smoking anymore, so I'm good. I'm not, you know, binging anymore, so I'm good. Mm -hmm. And it's not treating the person holistically.
2: Right. 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 It's not
0: realizing that, you know, 82% of addictions have a comorbidity, meaning they have something else going on with it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right, and, and yeah. especially with what you're saying and what I do, sex addiction, sexual trauma.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, if you're in a NA meeting, nobody's like, who's watching porn?
2: Right. You know, right. Or who's
0: sleeping around? It's like, you just shift that. Co- if you're not already doing it, you yeah. just shift that coping into another mm-hmm. issue because really underneath all of it is an yeah. identity crisis. Trauma. Right, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, addiction is, is, is just a symptom. Just a symptom of the real problem, that's right, I know for me personally I was the problem my self esteem my confidence my my distorted view on life on on myself, you know,
0: and then everybody was doubling down on that and validating yeah. that negative yeah belief,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, hmm. that was hard,
0: yeah, and you're supposed to just Pull yourself up and not do it, right? Right. That's how right. people look. You know, yeah, well, that's just how make a better choice. It.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, right. you could have just not smoked. You could have just made, you know, it's right? Like, man, right. it ain't no. the same as going to the store and, and choosing between white bread and wheat bread. <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs> it's
0: a different kind of level of it's choice.
1: A, man, it's it's a whole level. Like, even on the spiritual side. Oh, yeah. you know though, that, I mean, that's a, that's a spiritual, like, man, that's spiritual, like, this destruction. War. Like, you're doing it. Yeah, it's war. It's war. And uh, you just you gotta be, you just gotta be mindful of, you know, what you allow, even who you allow. In your life mm-hmm. because the people that i had supporting me in temple the people that i had around me they wasn't practicing themselves right right so iron sharp as irons i ain't had no iron around me you know i ain't had nobody
0: to yeah, sharpen wet paper me. towel
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro like i i didn't have nothing i didn't have no backup no help no nothing
0: yeah so, well, like, Isolation's the killer, right? Right. It is. You it know, is. We cannot do this stuff in, in, outside of community. Yeah. And, and just because you have warm bodies don't make it community. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So you hit that lull. You did that for three years. Homeless, on the street, addicted, mm-hmm. back down in it. So what yeah. What pulled you out of that? Well,
1: the, um, the people that I was hanging around with, that I was staying with at that time, went to jail. And so... honestly before they went to jail I was honestly just tired of it anyway
0: right because you had to have this tendril of the holy spirit the whole time just constantly being like there's something better for you
1: yeah and you know what like oh my every every time I've every time I've been on the street I've always been the one who you know I get used a lot or uh I get taken advantage of a lot because I still had those morals I still had those values like I can't go manipulate somebody on purpose Mm -hmm. i just i i can't you know when other people like you have to to do you have to do those things to survive i'm like no you don't
0: yeah so there's a that's so (laughs) so crazy though because like people don't understand that that just having the holy spirit in us Mm -hmm. keeps a level of depravity that we just won't get to right and that's what grace is in my opinion right right it's like yeah and what we tend to do is, is give ourselves credit mm-hmm. and go, I would never do that.
2: Right. And it's like,
0: well, the only reason you don't do it mm-hmm. is by the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace right. that God's given you. Not because you have some moral stance that other humans don't. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to hear, like, even in the mix of addiction, in the mix of uh, drugs on being on the street, all right. the things that are going on, there was still a a fruit of the Spirit and kindness and gentleness and patience yeah. and you know, perseverance and all these things yeah. and joy. It, but mm-hmm. it was tampered down by all the trauma. Right. But it was still there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was still there. I still, you know, show people kindness, Um, you know, even if they did use it to their advantage. You know, I did it for me, you know, and uh, yeah, I still I still had those those views like i can't i can't be this type of person i will not be this type of person it's not who i am right regardless of what i'm doing i refuse to stoop down to that level i still have those
0: boundaries yeah so some people are going to say well how can you do that how can you be smoking crack and Mm -hmm. doing drugs and you know but then still be moral and it's and we call that in psychology splitting Mm -hmm. right it's this idea of well how can any of us
2: right it's on it's
0: on a spectrum but all Mm -hmm. of us don't fully present to the world right. our internal struggles and sins. And I mean, we want to get to that point, hopefully, that we have yeah. a community we can share and confess and but it's just on a spectrum, mm-hmm. people haven't been through what you've been through. Right. And the more trauma and the more tragedy and the more the world chews you up and spits you out, the more there's consequences.
2: Right. That's true.
0: And so if if you're not do if you're out there not doing some really what we would consider outlandish behaviors,
1: mm-hmm. it's like,
0: well, maybe you by the grace of god you haven't been through some of the things that other people have right. been
1: through only by the grace <laughs> 100% <laughs> right
0: okay so what so then what took you out of that what what was the were god placed things and people and right. you know, what happened
1: well i called my family um i knew that i was going to spend my check up right Cause uh-huh. i yeah so you
0: so you were, you had community with these people they got yeah. arrested and then you were even more isolated in isolation
1: correct got it so i called my family uh, the day that i got paid i sent them money to get a rental car and come get me and money for gas because I knew that by the time they got there, all my, the rest of my money would be gone, right? right? (laughs) I knew that about myself. (laughs) So yeah, my cousin, she went and got a a rental car. She came and got me. And I remember my mom staying up. It was like a five hour drive. My mom staying up until I got there. I'll never forget the look on my mom's face when she saw me. That was the first time she saw me in three years. Three years, like a hundred pounds lighter you know what I mean? My face was darker, like really darker. I was just, but she looked at me and she just, she just started crying. And then my grandmother, she looked at me. And she was like, baby, I thought you were dead. You know, at one point they were planning my funeral. They, I didn't, I wasn't calling home mm. that whole three years. And so they, they just thought, they was, thought I was dead. And They're, then they were planning, they were planning my funeral at one point. They told wild. me, yeah.
0: That reminds me, you know, just of the prodigal Son, story. Of son right yeah, yeah. your yeah. mom's just she didn't come out there right <laughs> yeah. she didn't come try to pull you out just like he didn't yeah but when yeah. you were home she stayed up and waited she waited for me to get there yeah Ooh,
1: yeah that made me cry <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's good stuff yep
0: she waited so then what happened
1: yeah so i got home <clears> and um you know i kind of sat around for maybe a few days or so and then i got into treatment i got into suds at the va okay yep went there um graduated um,
0: let's see. Tell it for people who don't know what SUDS.
1: SUDS is a substance abuse program at the VA. So a twenty eight day program. Um rehab basically. And so yeah, I went to rehab at the VA and, and uh graduated and then I went to what I did I go to... A, yeah, I went to another one because I felt like 28 days wasn't enough, but that's all I could get into it at ain't. that time. <laughs> right. It's not. <laughs> right. So, But that's all I could get into at that time. So, I went to another one through, uh, through uh, was it Buckhalter and Steps, downtown Shreveport? It used to be, okay. but I don't think it's there anymore. But, yeah, I went there and, and then uh, met a guy, of course. Uh, he worked there. And uh, we got together moved in with each other right and then
0: right because this filter's still not fixed right
1: yeah (laughs) man i had some real because like the guys back then i was talking to was older guys i had some like really 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 bad daddy issues Uh and uh, yeah for real like Yeah, I mean, I say that like, you know, to be funny, but also in curiosity, I really did have some daddy issues. Well,
0: of course, you didn't have one. Right, right. Yeah, we're longing for that connection when we don't have a father who models appropriate boundaries, respect, Mm -hmm. attachment, healthy love and affection that's not sexual. Yeah. How the heck are you supposed to know what to do with that? Yep, exactly. You know, and we're drawn to that and we want it, but it gets so twisted up in our our heart and our desire and Satan's able to use it to, you know, manipulate and he's got us
1: hmm yeah. exactly exactly so we we moved in together i remember ended up i went ended up going back to temple for a little while because the people got out of jail i was talking to them on a regular basis and they convinced me to come back out there i went out there of course relapsed. came back and so the the apartment that me and this guy was staying in i went out and relapsed again it's just relapse after relapse and apparently that same night he went out and relapsed too mm. And so when I got back home, he was there, and the first thing he did was just slap me, right, extremely hard. And then he put his hands around my neck and he tried—he literally tried to kill me. And uh, I don't know—it had nothing but the grace of God, like stopped him until, like, I almost blacked out. The how hard he was choking me—I almost blacked out, but nothing but the grace of God stopped him from you know, killing me that night. And I ended up getting to my phone, calling the police and he ended up uh he had a warrant for something. Something old and when he went to jail. And so my mom, she came the next day with my uncle and his truck and his, you know, stuff. He got all my furniture and stuff and I moved back to Castor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> moved back to Castor. And uh I moved in with my sister. Uh, my sister, she was a social worker. Moved in with her and I was doing pretty good for a while and um, ended up meeting another guy, right? An older guy. He was 30 years my senior, and um, and daddy issues again. Yeah, daddy issues again, right? And man, it was just toxic from the beginning. It was toxic from the beginning, and um, he uh, he ended up being narcissistic, extremely narcissistic, extremely manipulative, emotionally abusive. Um, he gaslighted like from the beginning but of course i saw what i wanted to see um i ended up finding out that you know he was bisexual um nothing you know against uh the lgbtq community but for me personally i want to know like give me a choice Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah like don't if i ask you you know if you if you like men i mean just just say that be honest with me right. give me a choice if i still want to be with you or not because you know anyway, anyway found out he was bisexual later on but yeah so we ended up getting married um i think maybe we were like together together for like maybe a year before mm-hmm. i relapsed and so all together we were together for 7 years but separated for 4 of those years and through those,
0: but still married.
1: Yeah, but still t- legally married. Still legally married. But yeah, um, the, the whole time, pretty much, I was just in and out, in and out of rehab, in and out of psych wards. Um, it got to the point when I was in and out of jail, um, domestic, and I mean, everything. Everything I ever went to jail for is directly resulted from addiction, and alcoholism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so. It, it was just a, a cycle i just i couldn't get out of it and not only like so i'm i'm dealing with the addiction part and then while i'm at home there's no peace because i'm 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 being i'm being lied to i'm being cheated on i'm being you know uh, manipulated i'm being
0: right which is triggering all the root things that the addiction is right, actually coming from
1: right so i get home and get like slingshotted yeah you know out right back out to addiction and then from an the addiction get slingshotted back home and then just Just a never-ending cycle. And, uh, yeah, that, man, that marriage taught me a lot about me. It taught me that I didn't love myself Mm. because there's no way that you are, there's no way you're supposed to love somebody more than you love yourself, right? That's toxic. It's not cute. It's toxic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's not even really it's not even realistic. It's it's more codependency than anything.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, because, and I, I think we get that twisted up. Um, and I've talked about this on here before, but mm-hmm. I think we get it twisted up thinking, well, from especially as Christians, mm-hmm. you know, I understand the world being all about self love and all these kind of things. Right. But as Christians, sometimes we we have to look at it as a sacrificial love mm-hmm. that God so loved the world that He gave His Son and He died for us. Right. But that's not, you know, completely accurate in the sense that that didn't mean Jesus didn't love himself.
2: Right, right.
0: Right. Jesus was so clear about who he was to God and how much God loved him that then he was able to love others. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. different mm-hmm. than, I hate myself, so I'm just going to pour all this into you and let right. you do whatever you want to. Right. That's not what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus loved himself, and it's not the type of self-love that the mm-hmm. world is portraying to everybody right, right. now. Right but it was a love that came from the father's love to him.
1: Right. Right. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, it makes
1: sense. Absolutely. And so
0: it's like, people need to hear it's not, Oh, love yourself more. Mm-hmm. It's receive the love of God more right. stand in his identity for you. Mm-hmm. And then when you love other people, It'll be, it'll be what's best for them and you at the same time.
2: Right, right.
0: And only when that happens can it be a healthy relationship. Yes. Because if you just care more about the other person than you do yourself, it's going to be toxic. Yeah. And if you care toxic. more about yourself than you do the other person, it's gonna be toxic. Mm-hmm. And if nobody cares about nothing, it's going to be toxic. Right. The only option, right, is to look through that lens of...
1: Yeah, it's for God to tie that knot. God has to be the, the center. God mm-hmm. has to
0: be the, the orchestrator.
1: He has to be. That's right. You know? And he definitely wasn't the orchestrator in this situation. I orchestrated all of that. (laughs) I ain't going to lie. I orchestrated all of that. As we do. Yeah. Honestly, I just wanted to be in a relationship, and I wanted to be married. Because there I was. I was 22 years old, and I'm like, all right, now's about a good time to get married, you know? Because I want that. Dream. Yeah, that dream that 50 years down the line, we're still married type of story. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not even thinking he was already 55. (laughs) You know He'd like been helping him with his
0: walker yeah. All <laughs> right <on>
1: his <laughs> yeah, but yeah I, I mean that's that's what I wanted, but it was yeah i I didn't love myself um and there was a lot of things that needed healing that I didn't know that needed healing, but that relationship brought that out, you know that uh that abuse that emotional abuse brought that out because i'm I was always I was so blind to what was really going on because I only saw what I wanted to see. So if that's not, it's not healthy to be, you know, that blind to reality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not healthy to have to feel like you have to cope in a relationship.
0: Right. Survival mode in relationships. Right. not that's, a great place to be. That's
1: not healthy. It's not cute. I used
0: to think toxicity was cute. Yeah, you know, it's like jealousy, right? People are like, right. oh, he's jealous. It's like that just means he doesn't trust you, right? That's not good. People think
1: that's cute,
0: like yeah, that's a cute. whole thing.
1: That's so traumatic. Yeah, like it's toxic. That's he
0: punched so- this guy out because he looked at me,
1: right? All that means is he does not trust you, right? And that he's violent. Yeah. <laughs> he's dangerous, right? <laughs> and so, man, it, it it takes allowing allowing God to show you what He needs you to see, and not. Um, not pushing God away so that we can see what we want to see,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And it's like, man, okay, God, if I don't want to go through this again, right? I don't want to go through this again, so show me what I need to see, show me what you see, show me what I'm missing. And like, all of a sudden, like, man, I got some stuff I need to work on. And so, I went through CBT, through DBT, like, I so mean, that's like, when you got into therapy. Yeah, okay. I, I got into therapy at that point, and I mean, I tried all those things, um, medication. I mean, all those things, and like nothing, nothing really worked. I kept kept relapsing, kept going back out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and literally, the first time I heard about EMDR therapy was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Now, this was in 2018 when, uh, when I just I got tired, I got tired of everything that I was doing and I was ready to stop. And so, and then I went to jail, right? <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get this together, man. And so went to jail, got out of jail, like I finna get this right. Finally got uh, into the Little Rock, uh, Arkansas rehab at the VA, which it was the same kind of as temple. It's kind of, a, it's a domiciliary setting where they have like this whole uh, area where veterans live, stay, work, and do treatment. And so I did that. And while I was in there, my ex-husband went to jail. He went to jail. Um,
0: and you were still married at the time? Yeah, we were still okay. married
1: at the time. And he went to jail for terrorism. Uh, for, so he had got, let me back up a little bit. So he had got this job at the VA full-time. He was working part-time at the VA. all right. And so as soon as he got the full-time job at the VA, everything had changed. Right. Because the whole time he was basically using me for my money. I was 100 percent service connected veteran. Mm-hmm. So he's using me for my money. As soon as he got this full time job, everything changed. His old attitude changed. Everything changed.
0: Yeah. And so you were 100 percent the whole time since you got out? I got out at 50 percent. uh Two years later, I got a hundred percent. Right, so that makes sense. Why? Yeah. you were able to float yourself. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. all these ways, because right. you had that income coming in. Yeah. That makes I, sense. Got yeah, mm-hmm. my brain was like, okay, <laughs> I was trying to put that together. <laughs> like, why was, how was she doing? Yeah, how did she <laughs> get away? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I got out with yeah. I got out with fifty percent service connection, and then maybe two years, if that, later, I got my hundred percent. Yeah. And so, so yeah, rightly
0: yeah. so. You know, I'm not downplaying right. that. I'm just saying yeah. in my yeah, brain, I I'm like,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah, he got that job and like everything changed after that. He started acting different. And then we ended up like moving from the house we were staying at because he called the police on me one day and basically they told us we had to like leave each other alone. And so we was like, you know what? Instead of them coming by here checking on us to make sure we're we're not together, let's just move. So we moved, we moved into the hotel. And then when he actually started working full time, what you know, he was doing training at first. He left me. So he left me at a hotel broke. Um pretty much deep in my deep in active addiction. Man, he left me to I mean, go have his life, I guess. And so man, after that I was just I was devastated because you know, I was I was codependent on him. You know, he was my I, I guess like through all even though like there was so much abuse and stuff, because he was there through my active addiction, it was like I was kinda of protected in a way because mm-hmm. people on the street knew that I had a husband and he was, you know, six feet tall, dark guy. He you know, he'd been in I don't know, you know how the streets is, like yep. you get points for this, you get points for that, and so everybody knew that and so they would kinda of have leniency. Somewhat
0: of a buffer right yeah. somewhat of a buffer yeah
1: and so yeah so he left and uh i was devastated not only for that but because i kept he- hearing about him and you know being being bisexual and stuff like that and then he moved in with a man and uh it, it completely it made me question me it made me question myself as a woman it made me question um just who i was period I, I didn't i already had issues not loving myself this just made it so much worse mm-hmm. i'm like why was he with me in the first place he wants to be with a man do i look like a man Do i mean
0: right you so know? that brings back the childhood that brings stuff. back the same uh. stuff
1: yeah it was like the devil is man he's strategic he, he is. really is he's strategic and so so yeah i've had those feelings and yeah, I went to went to Little Rock. He went to jail for terrorism because that same job that he loved so much, he got fired from because he was flirting with all the women. So he was a, a transportation driver. Uh, the, how the Trueport VA set up, it has, like, park, different parking lots. And so there's a shuttle bus that take you from the parking lot to the hospital. That's right. He was the driver. He gotcha. was flirting with all the women. The women didn't like it. He had too many <laughs> harassment. Uh, reports right he, so he, he got might, he fired he might have drove me around he might have <laughs> <Popped it on laughs> <him> yeah. <buzzer. laughs> so yeah he he got fired and then two days later they ran into his apartment and he he went to jail for terrorism because there's, there's something about he said he was going to blow up the VA oh man right if he got fired which he did but he was already fired before they even the charges came up and so he stayed in jail for like two years uh for that and um yeah, so I went to I went to rehab in, in Little Rock, came back, got in drill court so I can get that charge that I had off my record. I did really, really good. Mm-hmm. Did excellent. I started that's when I first started doing uh jujitsu. Okay. In twenty uh twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen I first started doing jujitsu. I was in Oxford House, which is sober living house. I was doing I was doing really, really good. And uh,
0: And where did you start training at?
1: I started training at um, the Louisiana Black Belt Academy okay. on Benton Road. Yeah. yeah. Where, are you, where are we going now? Yeah, where are we okay. going now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started there with Coach Mike. Okay. Man. Matter of fact, I started with fit boxing first. Uh, yeah. And then Coach had talked me into, Coach Mike had talked me in to, uh trying jujitsu. I'm like, no, nah, I might break something. You know?
0: That's, that's, <laughs> fit boxing is the yeah, gateway drug. Yeah, for... it
1: is. It is. <laughs> I swear. But it, people
0: just come in and kind of test the waters yeah. and see
1: what's up. I, I was like, man, my body don't even do that, coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, my body won't do that. That's right. But it was so much like easier than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It was and but yeah. So where was that?
0: Um, so you you got into Jiu Jitsu 2019. Mm-hmm. You um we're doing the VA stuff. You yeah. you started doing really well. Yeah, I started doing really really well, and. Um,
1: See, what happened had you plugged
0: that? back into church with this? Like, where's the Lord? Oh, where's yeah, kind of yeah, the Lord yeah. going and all this?
1: Yeah, I started going back to uh, a church, uh, Abounding a Faith. I a found Abounding Faith Temple. Mm-hmm. I started getting involved and you know, getting getting back close with my bishop and stuff like that. Until I graduated,
0: uh, and you had done some DBT and some CBT, and we were talking yes, about EMDR. Yes. That's kind of where we got yeah got back to yeah.
1: this. Well, I uh, heard of EMDR at that point. But the facility that I heard of it at, which is in Little mm. Rock, they didn't think I needed it.
0: Mm. So they pretty much tried to. Had they else. talked to you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I'm like, if they even talked to you, they I'm should like, know you needed it. Yeah, and so
1: <laughs> if anybody, needed I know it. that now, right? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, and I went through like the, the you know, the healthy relationship classes, the anger management classes, the DBT, the CBT. Yeah. Well, that goes back that. to,
0: you know, and you've learned this, that mm-hmm. a lot of therapists are great, but they yeah. don't understand trauma. So they see right. these things as tools, but they don't understand the whole complexity of like.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And dude, so I went through that. And
0: um, so you went through MDR? No, 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 not okay. yet. Not okay. yet.
1: Yeah. I went through. Uh, uh, let me see. What's that? Oh, yeah. Drug court. I was in drug court. Um, which is basically uh, veteran veteran's treatment court. It's basically you do like classes, you meet in court twice a month for like uh, 15, 16 months, and then you graduate, and then whatever charge you had uh, would be expunged or dismissed or whatever the case may be. So I graduated that early because I was doing like a lot of community service. I was really active in recovery community and stuff like that. And uh, I went on a a veterans retreat to Denver, Colorado. Went on a skiing trip um, for veterans with PTSD. Um, By the way, if any veterans listening, you can go to your your nearest vet center and you can sign up for those retreats. Just ask your counselor, whoever that may be, about the veterans retreats. And they're 100% free, pay for everything. So yeah, I went on that retreat to Denver, Colorado and came back, no. On the way back at the airport, we had heard something about, like, this COVID pandemic Mm -hmm. going on, right? So, we had made it, finally made it back to Louisiana, made it back home, graduated, and everything started shutting down. And I'm like, man, I couldn't go to a meeting. I ain't got nothing to do. I'm like, man, let me go get going give me a half a pint, you know, just to relax to get some sleep, cause at that point I wasn't on any, uh, like I was taking Seroquel, but I didn't like the way it made me feel when I woke up, so I stopped taking it, mm-hmm. and I, I had really a really hard time getting to sleep, so I did that. Went and got a half a pint, then went back and got a pint, then went back and got a fifth, and then about halfway through the fifth, I want some dope. I went and got, I went and got, I went and got some drugs. And I got some dope, got high. The year of 2020. Um. See, I went to jail once. I got hit in the head twice uh, by people trying to take my life. I was given bad drugs by somebody trying to take my life. Ended up on life support for two days behind uh, some laced drugs. Um, Ended up homeless. I lost, got a DUI in my truck. Lost my truck. My truck flipped seven times, seven times, and I got out of it without a scratch. Mm without a scratch and liquor bottles all over the all over the 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 pavement right so i ended up getting a off of that that year 2020 man a lot a lot happened and i initially when i first when i first drank and i i got up that next day and i'm like all right i already know the road this is gonna head down i need to go get some help went to the va they was like, we can't, we can't help you. We can't take you. We got too many COVID patients. We can't do anything. They was like, we'll try to find you a rehab, but we can't do anything for you right now. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, I wish that wasn't such a common story that I've heard. But yeah, yeah,
1: yeah they couldn't, they couldn't help. They wouldn't, right? And so, I, I, I just kept going back. I kept going back. I Kept relapsing. Of course, I mean, I kept using, and but I kept trying to seek out for help, and they kept turning me down. Kept turning me down. Even one guy, one doctor, he was like extremely, extremely rude. Like, how you gonna come here drunk asking for help? I'm like, what Where else what, am I supposed to? Right. Go? What else am I supposed to do? I'm asking for help. Like, I know I'm drunk. That's the problem. I want to <laughs> stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so he made he he gave me uh, what I think he gave me a prescription for three Adderall, and told and sent me on my way. Mm. He said this will help with the the uh, withdrawals because i've had seizures before withdrawal from alcohol that's how much i drink a lot fifths and fifths and fifths and i have a seizures i had seizures before i'm like how am i gonna i can't i don't want to detox on my own because i don't i feel like something will happen to me and like well we can't take we got a couple patients i don't think you are serious anyway i'm like okay whether you think i'm serious or not if a veteran reach out for help the veteran should get that help yeah you know and so i yeah, went through that and Around uh, December, I went home for Christmas. I went to my cousin's house a few days prior, so I could, you know, uh, get get the shakes off, I guess, mm-hmm. with the withdrawals and stuff from the alcohol. So my kids wouldn't see it. My kids were my mom at this point. Uh, actually, I need to kind of clear that up. But my kids, every time I would relapse and stuff like that, my mom had my kids. Gotcha. Right. And so, um, and so, yeah. I went home for Christmas, and then just realizing what my absence was doing to my kids that played a big part. How old part. were they? Um, three and nine. Mm. Three and no, three and eight then. Yeah, it just it hurt, but I I wanted to get high at the same time. Yeah, you know, I I felt so bad for. Because my kids, like, every time I would leave, like, Mommy, when you coming back? I didn't want to lie to them. I'm like, I don't know, but I'll be back, you know. But I still, I, the only thing I thought about was getting high, though. I'm not going to lie to you. That's all I thought about. And it made I felt so ashamed to think like that and to feel like that. Like, how can I look at my kids, love my kids, but still want to get high at the same time? But I did. Mm-hmm. I did. That's how the disease of addiction is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. And, um, yeah, and I came back to Shreveport. That's why I was getting, you know, drunk and high at. Came back to Shreveport. I think I got high and drunk maybe a few days. And then I was like, you know what, I'm done. So I went to the hospital. I went to a civilian hospital, actually, with a Snyden. And I told him what I was doing. I'm like, hey, I want to go home. I want to stop drinking. But I don't want to do it in the hospital. And so he gave me what, Librium, a prescription for Librium. And I went to that same cousin's house in Mendy, detoxed on her couch for four or five days, then went to my mother's house and called the VA, told them what I wanted. Like, hey, I need some help. I'm willing to wait. I'm sober now. I I, I just need to get in something as soon as possible. And they finally, I got to HEROES program in Opelousas, Louisiana. That's when I was introduced to EMDR there. And I... The Heroes Program in Appaloosa's was different than any other rehab I've ever been to. Like, they, I don't know, they focused more on on us and what we wanted in our healing, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than... just the behavior modification? Yeah, rather than just throwing a whole bunch of books at us. And, you know, and that was...
0: Yeah, they moved it from informational to transformational. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. And it's what I needed, right? And the first time I did EMDR, it was like it was a miracle it was a miracle it worked so good for me like I'm still doing EMDR to this day and mm-hmm. I still go to therapy for I've been doing it for but um, a little over a year now but over a year and that was man, it was like the missing piece like the missing piece for me and I recommend that for anybody who's ever been through any trauma EMDR therapy mm-hmm. definitely I'm telling you brother
0: Yeah, that's one of the kind of first requirements here that people have to get when they come on as a therapist. Is like if you can't pay for it, I'll pay for it. But you got to have this in your bag. Oh,
1: it's important. Yeah, it's important. It's man, it is miraculous. It is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Any of the any of the you know, there's kind of the big four or five trauma trainings that are out there that are extremely helpful Mm and making sure people can get to the root causes of these things and help people shift those memories and shift the pain and Mm -hmm. look at themselves differently and rewrite that narrative and you know all that stuff is you know it's it's relatively new to the culture Mm -hmm. you know i mean there wasn't a diagnosis for ptsd until 1984
2: right right and
0: so it's like we're just now getting it you know we think we're so advanced
2: right Right. but really
0: the last five to ten years has anybody really yeah. dealt with trauma in a way that's effective mm-hmm. as individuals and then integrating that into the VA or into groups or into heroes yeah, or yeah. you know it's a slow slow grind for us right. to, those of us who are been awakened to it yeah. you know that's the same thing for me I did EMDR in 2000 2008, 2009. Okay. And that is the only reason I married. Yeah. Was, yeah. you know, br- having those breakthroughs from my childhood trauma right. and sexual abuse and divorce stuff. And yeah. I yeah. would not have been married had I not. I mean, the Lord's going to do anything, but that's what He right. used to Yeah, yeah, shake me up. Absolutely. So Absolutely. We have a very, you know, very different, but also on the high point, similar story. It's yeah.
1: Cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yes.
0: So, key, so, you do MDR. That's a breakthrough, you yeah. know, a little over a year ago. Yeah. And then. Plugged in the church community.
1: Yeah, plugged into the church. Um,
0: and so you've been sober for how long now?
1: Uh, 19 months. That's amazing. 19 months, yeah. I had two years, January 3rd. Wow. Yeah. I'm super proud of you. And it's the longest I've ever been yeah. sober. Longer. L- the longest, yeah.
0: That's amazing. For
1: the long, I'm going to put it like this. The longest I've actually been in recovery. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> you right. You know what I mean? Sober and recovery and yeah, different uh, things. Right. I mean, so you've I'm been actually,
0: doing jujitsu actively. Yes, jujitsu
1: was life changing for me jujitsu man it gave me like it gave me a purpose when i didn't have one Mm -hmm. right it gave me like direction when i didn't when i didn't have direction because like i knew i started it in 2018 like I knew I wanted to do something physical. Like, I've always loved boxing. I always wanted to do that. And then, you know, of course, when I was drinking, I wanted to fight everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanted to learn the actual skill set, right? But I wanted the mental part and the, you know, the physical part. And so, I went to uh, start doing fit, fit boxing and then gradually got into jiu-jitsu. And it built my confidence you know not only just for me as a person for but like my 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 skill set and it it just it changed me it made me want to be better to do better it just man and I don't think you think coach Mike well he probably does he knows like you know what that place does I don't think he knows what it does for me but it gave me like it gave me like friendships you know like the people there like i feel like i'm at home every time i'm there mm-hmm. and it was good for me to it's to a little bit, have a little bit like church yeah 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 you it's, know
0: for those of us that are there that are trained that are christians i mean right. i do feel that vibe that everybody yeah it's a it's a real weird mold of like intimacy and connection and friendship and mm-hmm. you know all the same purpose and all the same thing and right. we and we love jesus and yeah. we're trying to yeah. we know you know and you know people like us who have trauma and who who use jujitsu as a tool to help us cope. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there are others out there, so there's this right. cool like symbiotic thing going on where it's like, yeah. I know you are. Hey, this is benefiting all of us. Like, and right. also the Lord's involved, and so it is such a crazy, intimate, it weird, is. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, the whole mix of things. Yeah, the combination of it. Yeah, it's man, it's outstanding. It's been outstanding to me in my life. So yeah, I did jujitsu and uh, the EMDR therapy, jujitsu, and being in my word on my own as well as you know, uh, in a in a in church and being involved in church, and being a mother to my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and I thank God because my mother she shielded my my kids from what I was actually doing. They just knew that mommy was sick, mommy wasn't all right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's pretty much all they knew. And yeah, I'm, I can be a mother. I am a mother, a, a present, active, loving mother to my kids today, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Um, I didn't continue going to like AA or Narcotics Anonymous, but I do have a recovery meeting in my hometown because there wasn't one, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a vehicle when I first got sober, and so I needed to have something so I created one and um but yeah that's the only time I go to like you know the 12-step the recovery type thing mm-hmm.
0: um but when did you know you wanted to write the book and kind of how did that play out oh, a oh memoir.
1: yeah well
0: I mean you've always wanted to since you were little
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean yeah I, I started it took me the, the whole year 2021 to write it the mm-hmm. whole year and I, I just knew it was time. God told me it was time. And so I, I started writing. I started writing and every time I would start to write, I would pray. Like God gave me the words to say. God, um, to help me get my point across, help me get what I'm trying to portray across. And I would do that and just I just knew, I felt it. God told me it's, it's time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I just, I, I was obedient, I started writing. And then like everything else kind of just opened up, like the, the editor and stuff like that. And uh, I'm the state leader for Mission 22, which is a a national nonprofit organization. We raise awareness to the 22 veterans that succumb to suicide every day. Mm -hmm. I've been with Mission 22 since 2018. The CEO of Mission 22 created my book cover. Like, Like, that's how God opened up, you know, like God provided everything like if he tells you to do something and you are obedient he will provide everything you need to get it done
0: yeah i was gonna ask you i knew you had the Mm Vision 22 tat on your forearm so i was just gonna ask i was gonna lead into that in a minute so yeah yeah, i'm glad you led to yeah yeah i was wondering when when you started that or how how Mm -hmm. that got plugged in
1: yeah 2018 I, i realized that well i didn't even know the statistics until i went to rehab in little rock yeah and so one of one of my fellow vets told me the, statistics, the uh, statistics, and I was devastated. I'm like, for every day, mm-hmm. 22 veterans a day. I knew I had to do something, and so i um, I looked up, you know, organizations that help veterans. Oh, uh,
0: that's cool. So you're the state veteran. leader here. I'm yeah. I'm the state leader in that, Louisiana. That's Ford. awesome.
1: Yeah, and uh, man, I, I love what Mission 22 stands for. I love what we do because i you know i could have easily been one of those 22.
0: Mm -hmm. me too
1: definitely could have yeah yeah and i'm so glad that it didn't work i'm so glad that it didn't happen i'm so glad that death didn't have authority on either one of us amen right so yeah
0: yeah Yep. (laughs) thanks to him who overcame it
1: (laughs) right right
0: (laughs) that's right yeah well what would you say uh what are some kind of top points that you would give to somebody if they find themselves in your same position or right. if they're loving or trying to support somebody who's been in this same position in this road, road to recovery in this relapse and this kind of just tragedy. Right. Well, what are some things you'd you'd say?
1: Well, first and foremost, be honest with yourself. Um, I, I'm pro therapy, I'm big on pro therapy. Therapy has worked for me. Um, uh, it's one of the main things that's working for me is therapy. Um, but if you're not honest with yourself, then you won't be able to move forward so that's why i'm I'm raw with telling my story now, like I'll get down to the nitty gritty yeah. you know tell anybody I
0: love it all this stuff it's the boasting your weaknesses part man yeah, yeah, you and know so, right people don't i mean people don't know what that means, so i yeah. you know I value. And I just want to thank you for taking the risk of sharing on here, Mm -hmm. sharing in your memoir. You know, it's really, people don't realize it's, you know, people who would listen to this are going to love it. and They're going to say, man, she's so brave and she's amazing. And a lot of people are going to say, I could never do that.
2: Right, right. You
0: know, but the reality is you can.
2: Yeah, you can. You You know,
0: if you can put yourself in the right position, you know, perspective with who Christ says you are and who he what he's done in your life then absolutely you're just boasting about what he's done right right yeah, yeah it
1: wasn't me it was him
0: that's right it was him and that's man. what I hear in your story is just yeah. that he was faithful throughout that whole thing absolutely even while we're being stubborn
1: right right even in my my mess even in the midst of my trials and tribulation he was still faithful even when I wasn't faithful to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was still protecting me, shielding me. A lot of things, we I mean, I literally could have been dead living on the streets. There's shootings and killings happening all the time in Shreveport, and I was right there on these streets that, that it was it's happening here.
0: Yeah. Even in the, no. you know, I was thinking about when the cop came, you know, and you had the knife. Yeah. You know, that could have easily been a bad situation. Could have easily
1: been a bad situation, right? But that cop, particularly, he knew my, because it's a small town, so he knew my family. Yeah. And like, everybody down there, like, loves my grandmother. God, God rest her soul. But, Everybody around there knows my grandmother, loves my grandmother. And, like, yeah, He fortunately, he knew my family and he knew of me because everybody knew of um, the, the girl from the from – they say army The girl from the army Came home That's how they Everything's know Everything's the army Everything's right? the army You say military They automatically think Army right
0: <laughs> Well unless you're, a boy, then you're, an air, then you're right, In the Then you're in the air The air force,
1: force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That girl from the army That, that girl came from home. the army That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious Yeah just like If you go anywhere in the world Like And you say you're from Louisiana Oh New Orleans No there's so many More places right. Louisiana.
0: <laughs> it's, in Louisiana Absolutely The whole state's Not a swamp
1: Right Right People think
0: that Yeah sure. Or they do that thing When you're in the military Like oh yeah I got a cousin That was blah 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 Right like, listen, there's like 2 million people. Right. Like, I'm not going to know. <laughs> With the, probably the same
1: name. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: but I find myself doing it, too. Like, I'll see yeah. somebody in a bomber thing, and I'm like, they'll be talking to me. And I'm like, I, I'll at least say, I hate to ask you this because there's like a, you know, thousands of you, but do you know and yeah. So he's like, no. I'm like, yeah, probably not.
1: <laughs> I just had to put it out there. <laughs>
0: At least I know it's a dumb question. Uh, up front.
1: You had to think about it later. Like,
0: dang, I, was like, dang, I totally asked <laughs> the stupid civilian question. Um, no hating on the civilians out there. Right, um, right. I'm one now. Um, all right, so that would be that would be your suggestion. What um, yeah. for somebody maybe who um, is struggling in their faith or struggling to understand how somebody can be a Christian and and still do all these things? Mm-hmm. Kind of what would you what would you say to that?
1: Um, I would say that. They need to remember that we are spiritual beings having a fleshly experience and that sometimes we're at war with our flesh, you know. Sometimes we're at war with our flesh, but it doesn't mean that, like, the, the flesh might have the battle, but the spirit has the war, mm-hmm. right? So we have to always carry yep. our, the armor of God. With us to fight those things, because there's always going to be something, right? Absolutely. Whether we're Christ- Christian or not, there's always going to be something. But having faith, having God, having Jesus, having the Holy Spirit is so much more effective. It's so much more fulfilling. And it just it completes you. It makes you whole. It, it makes you new. That's good. Yeah. I feel yeah. so many holes
0: yeah it just reminds me i was just looking it up but mm-hmm. ephesians six twelve says for this for our struggle is not against flesh and blood right but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world mm-hmm. and against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms right. and yeah. and that's you know outside of all of this stuff right emdr is great mm-hmm. therapy is great cbt is great you know uh, relapse i mean rehab is great like mm-hmm. all of those tools all of those physical flesh and blood things we need because we are in fleshly bodies and we need that help right right. but if we get if we forget Mm -hmm. that there's a spiritual war being raged Mm -hmm. yeah and waged against us yeah you know that 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 really deep down under all of it Mm -hmm. is the lie that god doesn't love you right you've done too much to be loved and that you're not secure in his care
2: right you're right
0: and underneath all of that you know when we start to actually believe that we're sons and daughters of god as right. galatians says
2: mm-hmm. that we're
0: no longer slaves Yeah. but that we've been adopted as sons and daughters right right oh man <laughs> you change your life <laughs>
1: changing right life changing telling you
0: but we got to believe it we yeah. can think it and intellectually know it we can even right. maybe be saved right you know we could have said okay i see jesus i know who he is i accept him mm-hmm. But man, that shift in believing it right. and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and and yeah. do what we can't do,
1: yeah, because we we can't live off of what we've been told all our life or what you know our parents told us about God or about Jesus. We have to get in the Word of God ourselves. We have to gain a relationship, and the only way to gain a relationship is you got to know that person, mm-hmm. right? You got to know who God is, and only by staying in con uh, consistent contact with God is that relationship going to develop
0: 100% right. yeah and he's in you and he's in me and so yes. it's also relational you know that's, right, right. Like that's the other reason you know things like jujitsu or muay thai or martial arts or mm-hmm. whatever the thing is that people do running clubs you know yeah. Um, I mean, I think jujitsu is the best, but right, you know, it is, it is. yeah, that's right. Uh, but you know, whatever the thing is that people throw themselves into, it's just another, it's just their hearts, their, their imago day, their image of God that they're bearing saying, Hey, you need other people. Right. And right. so hopefully people not, you know, can learn that it's, it's all of that together, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. the community, it's sharing. And not, so not, not only do we experience God when we read the word and read, we'll mm-hmm. read scripture. Um, but We can read scripture all day, and without the Spirit of God, without the Holy Spirit, right?
1: That's that. That's that conviction. The Holy Spirit is that, like that. mm, You know.
0: So we have to do that in community. We have to get you know that honesty, that radical honesty that we talk about with you know signing a client about that this morning before the Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. You know that radical honesty of look, I'm going to bear this all because Mm -hmm. if I keep any of it, it's going to i'm gonna lose yeah
1: yeah absolutely and
0: do it with the right people right? Mm. Do it with the safe people find those right. people god puts in your life yeah, uh, yeah. the gyms or the places or the things you go to that you know you find the right people and there's plenty of mess but we can't let what humans do
1: mm-hmm.
0: teach us about god
1: right right because we're flawed we're yeah. flawed some are more flawed than others you know right <laughs> but there's not a reflection on you know even like religious people right because a lot of people have turned away from from god because of something religious people done did to them 100%. in the name of god yeah right but you you have to know god yourself you have to know the will of god to know the difference all right god's people won't really do that or God wouldn't lead that person to do that. You got to know the difference. Yeah, right? you do.
0: Yeah, I would. I, you said something. Would you say? Some people are more flawed than others. Yeah. I would say I would disagree. I would okay. say we're all equally flawed.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: We Absolutely. just have uh, sometimes we have better access to the spirit. Right. Which right. then should provide mm-hmm. more fruit.
1: That I agree with. I agree. So, you know,
0: a lot of times. People have more symptoms than others.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: They may True. be more addicted. They may be more violent. They may be more aggressive. Whatever. Right. But if they're in Christ,
2: mm-hmm.
0: then you right. know the sanctification process. They're saved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But their their sanctification process looks different. Yeah. Right. What fruit they bear yeah. looks different. Yeah. Yeah. And so the reality is is that, and I just say that to people listening because. Mm-hmm. Either they feel more flawed or they're judgmental and look at other people as more flawed. Oh,
1: understood. Understood. And I cut. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to clear that up. Oh, yeah. yeah, I and know no, what I you think. meant, but yeah. I just, yeah. just
0: for listeners.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll absolutely. Like absolutely. I agree.
0: Because it's, uh, I think that's where the, unfortunately, where the American church and just religion in general mm-hmm. tends to take us is putting us in camps. Right. You know? Right. And, the rea- and what Jesus says is we're all in the same camp. Yeah. 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 We're all sinners. Yes, all. But now, if mm-hmm. we're in Christ, we stand as new creations, born again, right. made new, mm-hmm. healed, restored, Nighthold. redeemed.
2: Yes. And so
0: that shift of salvation says, hey, look, look, the shift is how God sees you. Right. He used to see you as old and separated, and right. now he sees you as nope. he sees Christ. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change no matter how flawed we are.
1: Right. That's true.
0: Right. He's making true. diamonds out of dust. Yes. <laughs> well, any, closing, hey. any cl- closing thoughts, comments, things you'd want people to know?
1: And I just want everyone to know to stay in prayer. Mm-hmm. Stay in prayer and um, be honest with yourself. Believe in yourself because there's nothing impossible. There's nothing impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for you who's in Christ. And uh, just know that you, you can make it out of addiction. That you, you do not have to be an addict for the rest of your life. Yeah. You do not have to be god changes things period absolutely and i'm a living witness to it
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. i appreciate your story i appreciate your vulnerability thank you for having me um you got tell me the name of your memoir again, in between oh,
1: yeah stuck between pleasure and pleasing god that's right yeah
0: yeah and we we're all stuck there
1: right right
0: you know but we don't have to be in the spirit absolutely. and you know he can overcome those things and pull us out and so you know i just pray for you that you continue down the road of sobriety and, and health yeah um and whatever bumps come your way know that i'm here you know our community's here we yeah. love you you know yeah. um we get a role in a jujitsu <laughs> yeah. you know we you know if you ever need anything you just tell me you know tell somebody okay. reach out to somebody you know that you know the yeah. drill but saying yeah. it the yeah. reality is is um at least this place and this church and this the way we do it is as yeah. we bring people in and then we're part of the body. Right. And so, right. um, you've given me so much to think about in my own heart and in my own life and with my own clients and just yeah. your story is going to on this podcast impact so many people, yeah. um, give them hope, give them encouragement, um, all for the glory of God. And so
1: right.
0: you're Amen. doing it, yes. right. You're doing it. Yeah. So when you get in that place where you doubt yourself or you feel stuck or you feel, you know, mm-hmm. know that you're doing it and I see you and God sees you and people see you yeah. and uh, they're proud of you and see your story and, my um, man awesome. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you guys listening to us, um, and we hope you like and subscribe. Get her book. Can you get it on Amazon?
1: Yeah, it's available on Amazon. It yeah.
0: is. Yeah. So y'all check that out. We'll we'll put a link in the description. Uh, I say we. Mm-hmm. Chip will. Um, I'm terrible at that stuff. Yeah. Put a link in the description of the book. Um, you got any other resources for them that they that you like them? Check out your Instagram page, or do you have anything yeah, for them to um, follow?
1: My Facebook is Kim Clark Books. Uh, Instagram Kimberly Clark writes and I have an email as well if you want to reach out it's Kimberly Clark the number seven books at gmail
0: awesome mm-hmm. yeah and she's uh if you have somewhere you want her to come speak or talk she's booking some speaking stuff and uh, coming to tell her testimony and share her story and yeah. heard a little bit of it today but there's a lot more in the memoir and a lot more a lot more good stuff in there to listen to and oh, hear yeah. and yeah, absolutely. so be sure to grab that and uh, thank you guys God bless you um, we'll see you next week